is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Oh, yes, we're back in the building, baby. It's Wednesday night in time for the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thank you for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already done so and hit that little bell notification so we get the content out to you whenever we have it for you. Make sure you download us on your favorite podcast app, too, to stay up to date with the show when you're on the go. Apparently, my equipment thinks I'm already on vacation. Uh, <laughs> doing a little update here right before the show. I am your host, Dan Mater. by the way. Join with the crew. We got Chase Thornton here at the top, Chris Dowhauer, and Adam LaRue just joining the show. How are we doing, gentlemen? Good. I'm Good. doing better than Thomas Brown's offensive coordinator career. Oh, yeah. we uh, <laughs> Today is going to be jam-packed with a lot of information. It's not just going to be fantasy football previews today, gentlemen. We got we got a lot to get into. We're going to have probably a lot more NFL takes than we normally get to get into because of all the NFL news going on. So, you know, I don't even want to... I don't want to delay this thing any longer. It's week it's week eleven, baby. Let's get into it. We got the Thursday night matchup: Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Baltimore Ravens. T. Higgins is out, so we know we got to fire up Tyler Boyd, or he at least moves up the track. Maybe Trent Irwin, if you're playing a DFS showdown, makes your list somewhere. On the Baltimore side, they're all good to go. Everybody fantasy related anyway, though. I will note this, and I like to note this, especially for the running backs. Ronnie Stanley will be out in this game. So always important to take note of those offensive tackles who are going to miss. Baltimore is favored in this matchup at minus three and a half with an over-under of 46. Both teams are heading into this as winners against the spread so far this season. And we have divisional matchup that has typically in the past led to an over. It's a Thursday night game. You know what I'm going to do? <laughs> Taking the under, unfortunately, in this one. It's Thursday night. The <clears throat> Bengals don't have all their firepower. It's in Baltimore. The Ravens defense, with the exception of the match against the Cleveland Browns last week, has pretty much sat on anybody defensively. I just don't see a lot of points being scored in this game in particular for myself. Joe Burrow. I'm still playing as a top 10 quarterback. I don't care. The guy's been on a tear with or without a healthy T Higgins. It has not mattered. I know it's Baltimore and Baltimore, but I'm taking a healthy Joe Burrow, which is an elite quarterback. I'm not booting him out of my lineup. I've ever heard all week long. Fantasy experts talking about, Oh, well maybe we bench Joe Burrow this week. I'm not benching Joe Burrow. You out of your minds. Now he's my top 10. Usually he's in my top five, but he's still starting in my lineup. Am I right, Adam? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. Um, you temper expectations. You talk a lot about, you know, knowing where guys place within tiers, knowing, you know, this guy's still a starter, but don't expect what you normally get out of him. So maybe you get a little bit more aggressive with your flex play or things like that. Um, so maybe it changes how you treat your lineup. You don't get what you expect out of Joe Burrow on a week to week basis, but you're starting him. Yeah. 100%. Give you guys an idea here. His player prop of 256 and a half. He's been over that for the last five games. He has a touchdown mark, which I like a lot in this game, by the way. I am going to cash in on that one. He's got a, a passing touchdown mark of only one and a half. He's been over that five games in a row. Okay. And, oh, let's let's you know, let's take it one step further. I'm going to cash his rushing yards prop, too. Twelve and a half on his rushing yards prop. He's been over that 
four of the last five games. You're well, playing who, the hell, who the hell else do you have on your roster that you're going to start in, in front of Joe Burrow that you feel well, that here, confident here's about? The arguments I was hearing, Chase. I'm hearing guys like, well, maybe we start Sam Howell over Joe Burrow. And Sam Howell's been great. Don't get me twisted. But I'm not benching him over. I'm not no. playing him over Joe Burrow. But well, I and there's no guarantee that he has to play offense. that game. There's no, there's no guarantee that Sam Howell has to play a full 60 minutes against freaking New York. That's he might it, get though. in there and play three and a half quarters, come out, and, and he may not have to throw the ball all over the damn play. It's freaking New York they're playing. Just the thought of Washington being so far up, Washington being so far up on the Giants that they get the bench for Giants yeah. would be hysterical to me. I have them adjacent in my rankings, but I'm not like, yeah, I'm not benching Joe Burrow for Sam Howell. Uh, that's where I'm at. I don't care. As long as he's got Jamar Chase, he's got enough. Lamar Jackson is a top five quarterback for me. He's been over his player prop mark of 220 and a half, four of the last six. I am going to go ahead and cash that. He has been under the one and a half passing touchdown mark, though, three of his last four games. So I'm a little bit concerned about that, but I'm not going to bet against Lamar Jackson when it comes to scoring two touchdowns in Cincinnati Bengals here who are going to be missing Sam Hubbard in this matchup. They are going to get Trey Henderson. That's that's the good news for them. Uh, but also Cincinnati, they're giving up some rushing yards to the quarterback, the fifth most, 45 and a half. I know Lamar has been over that in a little while. I think we see Lamar run a little bit uh, in this game myself. Let's talk a little Joe Mixon, Chris. Uh, ECR was all over the board with this. I was staying with him at 15 when we started off the week. The, they went as far as he was at six at one point, so I was about to make an argument why that was insane, and then he dropped down to 17 on the ECR, which is a little more reasonable. I'm a couple spots ahead on as far as that goes, but what do you think about Joe Mixon? we got to fire him up as a mid-level RB2, even though he hasn't had a 100-yard game. Do you think he gets in the end zone? He's on a three-touchdown streak. I mean, that's what you're banking on and you're hoping for. The Cincinnati offense is going to have to score points some way. Um, and they're going to be able to, like you say, you're missing T. Higgins. Joe Mixon's got a guy that can definitely be rewarded if they get down the field, able to score some touchdowns. I'd like to see him get involved in the passing attack a little bit, that hasn't really happened as much as we had seen last year. But Joe Mixon's still a guy you're playing in your lineup. I'm not super excited about it, but you're definitely playing him. Yeah, we got Chandler echoing our sentiments here as far as the Joe Burrow is playing him on Thursday and Monday nights. Yeah, he's got a great record. He's six and three against the Ravens, too. By the way, let's let's yeah, let's not some of his best games ever versus since. Yeah, he's he's, he's he's been a Ravens slayer. So let's let's not go crazy on the Joe Burrow factor. Uh, Gus Edwards, we're firing him up as an RB two this week, especially like him here against yeah. Cincinnati. Get him chase. Get him chase. <laughs> 13th most rushing yards to the Cincinnati Bengals. What are you going to get me on? I got him at RB18. I'm even ahead of the ECR 24. All right, you win. Uncle, I have uncle. You got my arm in a bind. <laughs> uncle, I scream uncle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got him at 24. It's stupid <laughs> insane how much he's been able to score. All right, it's just dumb. It, he, it, it has been it has been a little little anomalous to, uh, you know, to use a $5 word there. But yeah, I mean, he he's... He's still getting, he's getting 50% of the work there. You know, you know, 50% of the snaps at running back. The other two guys are only getting a quarter each and yeah, no Gus. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're good. They're, yeah, uh, they're a running way. team. Take the running back. 45 and a half rushing yards. He's been over that seven of the last 10 games. We are going to go ahead and cash on the over on his 45 and a half rushing yards. Keith Mitchell, by the way, let's, let's mention this guy. I got him an RB 31. 
only one spot lower than the ECR. He does look like he closed the gap as far as the snap goes between him and Justice Hill. I have been a proponent, while I am not big on the idea that Keaton Mitchell was getting all the hype that he was getting beforehand, because this is a guy that ultimately has to be limited in his usage to stay on the field. I do think he should overtake Justice Hill as the RB2. That, that part I never disagreed with and always thought he should have. So I do have him as a flex option this week. The problem is, and we're going to probably have this discussion about Devon A-Chain later, the problem is you're banking on that big play. If you don't get that big play, you don't have much of a floor to fall on. Five <laughs> opportunities he had last week. Yeah, I mean, He only had five here. opportunities. It's, he's not going to continue to score almost three points an opportunity. That's just not going to happen, everybody. He's a fun change of pace to Gus Edwards. He's a, he's a very nice contrast there, but Gus is still the man in that backfield. He, I think that I think you're right, though. I think that Keaton Mitchell should, and I think has overtaken Hill in terms of the the work that they're willing to give him. They're still splitting snaps pretty evenly, but yeah, five, he's not going to continue to score three points of freaking opportunity. People, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in the NFL. Chris, what are you smirking about over there? I mean, I, I'm 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 agreeing with you guys in total, but it was just funny watching the game last week. I, I'm thinking to myself, like, here we go. Eight chain all over again. The first play, thirty yards scramper, <laughs> thirty yard, thirty yard pass touchdown. And I'm like, oh my god, are we really gonna have to go over a guy who has like eight touches a game for right four yards? But to put to everybody's point, one of the things that we didn't see the rest of the game was Keaton Mitchell involved in the game, and that was the big thing that stood out to me. A chain definitely got involved throughout the game. It wasn't just kind of the spurts where he had. You saw him get consistently more involved. While you still saw Justice Hill mixed in there in past situations, you still see there's not a trust factor, as Dan talked about for the Keith Mitchell. And I also think losing last week doesn't necessarily give him a chain, an extra chain. I think, you know, the Ravens make sure they get close out games and not get cute moving forward. So I'm a little interested to see his value. Yeah, uh, fantasy football ad. We already we kind of let off with this. I am taking the under again at 46. He's he's leaning towards the over. I'm taking the under. It's in Baltimore. Most of the games in Baltimore have gone on the under. I don't think this game's gonna be much different. If T Higgins is on the field, I may stay away from it or go with the over myself because he is not. And this his game is in Baltimore. I'm leaning on the under. Jamar Chase. Uh, I have him at five. Fisher's got him at seven. Obviously, you're playing him as a wide receiver. One. I don't think you really get that concerned about the idea of them bracket coveraging him. It doesn't really matter. He's got to be in your lineup. However, he does have an 85 and a half receiving yard mark, and he's only been over that three of the last five games. And without T Higgins, he's actually had a harder time hitting that, even though he's had a larger target share and Baltimore has had the 11th fewest receiving yards allowed to the wide receiver. So I am not going to be taking the over on Jamar Chase's 85 and a half receiving yards this week. I want to talk a little Zay Flowers here, Adam, because this is somebody that we were really building up a lot of steam with earlier on the season, playing him top 24 wide receiver, love the usage. And frankly, overall, the usage hasn't really fallen off, but the production has in a huge, huge way where he's not getting that safety net of plus 50 and 60 yards. He was never getting the touchdowns, but if you have not half point, full point PPR, you're getting six, seven catches around 50, 60 yards. You're pretty happy with your day and you had to go wide receiver 24. Then that all of a sudden it disappeared. For instance, his player prop of 53 and a half this week, he's been under that three of the last five games. He's not scoring touchdowns. And even though it should be a nice matchup on paper against Cincinnati, he's been the wide receiver of 45 on a points per game basis and a wide receiver of 49 the last four weeks. Does this thing get changed 
for Zay Flowers anytime soon or no? Yeah, I I, I think the the one catch games were a bit of an anomaly. I think um, you know this past week may be a little bit closer to reality, um, or it you know at least he could be making progress and getting close to uh, reality. Um, I don't again. I'm concerned about him how their usage pushing him down the field. I do think he's going to be consistently involved. I'm just not sure how uh, valuable his receptions are going to be. And then you also just kind of have to, uh, with any Ravens pass catcher uh, that's not Mark Andrews, and even kind of to an extent Mark Andrews, you have to live with the the possibility that week in and week out, a uh, 25 pass attempt game from Lamar Jackson is not really um, ever that shocking. Um, sometimes they just don't throw the ball that much. And this could very well be one of those games, uh, given that these are both uh, not great run defenses. And they've been all over the place with how they've like their depth of target on him, whether they're pushing it far or whether they're throwing it to him short too. It's like, there hasn't been any consistency with it. doesn't seem like with, with how they've necessarily used him. Well, uh, I think can, Lamar can't complete a ball over 10 yards right that, now. There is that, but you're Thank not you, Chris. to say Thank that. Thank you for bringing that up, man. Because, <laughs> look, I'm a big defender of Lamar Jackson, and I love that he's getting the opportunity to throw the ball around a little bit more than he was with Greg Roman. But I kind of wince a little bit every time I hear the amount of people talk about, like, Lamar's throwing the ball fantastically. He's doing great from the this and that from a pocket. I'm like, I'm not seeing the same thing here. His completion numbers might be high, but that's because he's become captain checkdown. I'm not impressed with his throwing from the pocket this year. Sorry. I, I think he had a really good first month of the season. Uh, but after that, I think it has gotten a lot worse. But no one's caught up with that. Chris, what are you going to say? I was going to say two things. You know, first of all, Rashad Bateman should have had two touchdowns last week. Um, you know, he, Lamar Jackson missed the most big throws. And one of the things people keep talking about, like you know, OBJ is done. OBJ to me looks quick and good, guys. I watched last week when he scored that touchdown. I know the, the week before was kind of like a fluky thing because the back quarterback and they blew out the team. But his feet were quick. He got open. He got separation. It's Lamar. It's Lamar holding this team right back right now because the offense, the receivers, they're getting down the field. They're able to they look quick. They look good. They're healthy. It's got to be him and it's gonna he has to click, but it's definitely on him right now. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, get us some sneaky money in. OBJ, 25 and a half receiving yard prop. He's actually been over that four of his last five games. So I'm going to take that. And Rashad Bateman has the exact same receiving prop, 25 and a half. He's been over that four games in a row. So want to get a little sneaky money in there, go with those props. Uh, Mark Andrews, obviously we're firing him up. He's a top three tight end for me this week. 54 and a half receiving yards. He's actually been over that five of the last seven games, although it doesn't necessarily feel like it. And it also boosts with the matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals, who have given up the fourth most receiving yards to the tight end. So I am going to go ahead and hit the over on the 54 and a half mark for Mark Andrews. You guys got any uh, other notes for this game or we want to move on? Move on. All right, Nardex matchup.